Second season, episode one of Big Third Down, the world's greatest podcast because it's the only podcast only about the Green Bay Packers. Packers, Kyle here. Uh, and this is Packers Dan. And Packers Dan has been a minute. I mean, what have you been up to? Well, uh, as our fans I'm sure have detected, it's been approximately six months since we last uploaded a Big Third Down episode. And I'm sorry for those of you who went into withdrawals or died or whatever happened to you. I apologize for our role in that. But Kyle and I were very busy over the season. Um, I, Packers Dan, I, uh, myself, I wanted to devote my attention fully to the Green Bay Packers for the season. So I bought a one-way plane ticket um, to the Himalayas. And I lived in the mountains with a group of monks. Um, and from them, they taught me martial arts. I taught them about Cool Ranch Doritos and Miller High Life. Ultimately, I think I destroyed their convent because they no longer really practice martial arts and they're basically just sitting there drinking a lot of Miller High Life and eating Doritos. So I feel bad for about that. But ultimately, it allowed me to pay a ton of attention to the Green Bay Packers. Um, they get yeah. bad reception in the Himalayas, but like I made it work. You, know, you said a one-way ticket, then now, I mean, did you walk back? Um, I actually got on a boat okay. um, and came back in the, yeah, in, the, in the tank. They didn't notice that I was there. It was kind of a dicey situation. I'm not, you know. Well, that sounds much more thrilling than mine. I've spent the last Tell six months uh, take, helping take care of my ten children. You have ten kids? Yeah, ten kids by eleven different wives. <laughs> oh. They're all named Gilbert Brown. Wow, that's a great name. I mean, yeah. once you get started with a good name, you don't want to give it up and give it some kind of stupid name like you know, Caitlin it, or Todd or something uh, like that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, is exactly. what I always say. Sorry to any Caitlins or Todds out there. It's a fine name. <laughs> well, we might as well not beat around the bush here. Um, the Packers did not win the Super Bowl this year, which, take my word, is a crime. Um, it's, it's horrible. Unfair. It's disgusting. I spend most of my days these days shrieking and punching a pillow um, and drinking Miller High Life. Kyle, tell me what you've been doing to try to get through this. I mean, I think we cope in similar ways. It's involved a lot of High Life, a lot more, you know, cheese and summer sausage. So I always like to just remind myself that every Packers season is a gift. Oh, wow. That's, that's, really, that's really profound, Kyle. Thank you for that. That's, that's nice. Big Third Down! So Big Third Down, traditionally we don't talk about politics. We just try to stick to what we know, stick to football. Um, But in the time since we last put out a podcast, something happened that I just don't think we can ignore. I think we need to address it and just get the air out. Um, Because it's going to have world-to-start consequences that will impact football as we know it i mean our children our grandchildren i mean people yeah it's the just the the consequences of this are absolutely huge uh we're talking of course right now about the fact that i met leroy butler um in october and we've actually met leroy a couple different times why don't you uh talk us through the first encounter let me take you through the series of events that led to Leroy Butler being a friend of the podcast. Uh, and also, Leroy, I'm sure you're listening, and we would love to take you to George Webb sometime. Uh, it's on us. Uh, it's pretty much the nicest restaurant we've ever been to, mm-hmm. um, and so we'd like to treat you. Um, so to bring it back to the day I met Leroy Butler, wow, it just inspires a lot of emotions in me. Um, we were drinking. Uh, 
outside of Lambeau, getting ready to go into the Packers Giants game. Mm -hmm. And some Yahoo or another, uh, probably wearing like, I don't know, a Craig Hendricks jersey or something like that, says, Hey, um, I see you're wearing a Leroy Butler jersey. And I say, Yes, sir, I am wearing a Leroy Butler jersey. What of it? Facts. (laughs) And he says, Leroy is right over there. And he points over at the uh, the Stadium View Bar, where I've been a few times, uh, and later on that fateful night would, uh, would uh, lose Never to be Found Again My Guns and Roses koozie. But, Boy, yeah, why not? Wow. got a little bit ahead of myself there. Um, so, basically, he said, hey, Leroy is over there at the bar, and he's signing autographs, and he's with Antonio Freeman. And I basically... It's like in the cartoons where, like, the character's clothes stay behind him. Like, I was, I had run all the way over there. There's, like, a cloud of smoke, and it was just me. Um, so I got over there, and Leroy was indeed there with Antonio Freeman. And I'd like to clear the air about something that I've caught some criticism about on the, in the tabloids. Um, you know, I love Antonio Freeman as much as the next guy. He's a wonderful football player. But when you're standing next to Leroy Butler, there's really not a lot I can do to, like, pay attention to you. I'm sorry, Antonio Freeman, you know, like if you, if it had just been you, I would have been very stoked to see you. However, Leroy Butler is my all time favorite Green Bay Packer. So, you know, so long story short, I, uh, I paid my $10 to go meet Leroy Butler and I came up to him and I put my arm around him. FYI, he was wearing a Deadpool Letterman jacket a sartorial choice that has uh, yet to be explained. Leroy, uh, again, I assume you're listening to this, and we'd like to know how you came into this piece of clothing. I mean, Deadpool's a popular movie. A lot of people like it, but, I mean, I don't know. In I've Oct- never seen that that jacket before. In October in Brown County, well after uh, it came out, I'm not sure how that it could be explained, but anyway. Yes, he's an interesting fashion icon, though, so we'll get more into this as we go. All right, so... I went and I put my arm around Leroy, and I didn't think that he'd noticed, uh, so I pointed to him and I said, I'm wearing your jersey, you know, and he was like, yeah, <laughs> and I also said, uh, I just wanted to tell you uh, that you're my favorite Green Bay Packer of all time, and he like laughed, and he was like, yeah, <laughs> so all Leroy Butler said to me was, yeah, but that was really all he had to say, because I, I felt, there was a lot he was saying by just saying, yeah. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, of course, if you go to my Facebook page, you know, you can see, you can see uh, old Packers Dan with his little pal Leroy hanging out. And then you can also see Packers Kyle creeping on the other side of the fence in the background <laughs> taking pictures of you. And so I thought that was going to be the end of my, you know, my, oh. my friendship with Leroy Butler. But oh, let me but tell you. you <laughs> boy, howdy. So we were in. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a couple months ago in the off season, for a wedding for our friends, Packers Carol, mm-hmm. and we caught wind through some other friends that Leroy Butler was doing an in-store appearance at a pick and save in the area, and a pick and save is a regional grocery store that I guess is specific to this area. And so we hopped in our car as fast as we could and drove over there. And sure enough, there he was, just hanging out, signing autographs. He has uh, some recipe cards of his famous recipes, and he was signing those for us. Do you remember what the recipes were, Kyle? There was a a Titletown mac and cheese, and there was a bratwurst, and there was one more that I thought. Spaghetti? Spaghetti, I believe it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And they're all sort of like funny 
recipes because you can tell that Leroy is not a chef. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He, he's not going to make an appearance on the Food Network unless it's for that one show, like America's Worst Cooks or whatever. No, actually, I've been making one of those recipes every night since we went, and I've lost two hundred pounds. Whoa! I know. <laughs> well, I need to reevaluate yeah. my stance then. I'm in the best shape of my life. You know I what? feel I'm great. I'm ashamed that I ever doubted Leroy's abilities in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he was yeah. So he was there. Speaking of his fashion choices, he was wearing uh, a number thirty six jersey, and I really thought about it. while we were waiting in line to go up. I was telling everyone, I'm going to ask him if it's a Nick Collins jersey. <laughs> But then by the time we got up to the front and we were talking to him, I was just totally disarmed by what an amazing dude he is. We both bought copies of his autobiography. Sure did. You bought, actually you bought two. I bought two. One is a (laughs) wedding gift and I'm sure that's the best wedding gift that Packers Carol received. How romantic, yeah. So. When I got him to sign it to her. Yeah, that was really nice. So I made, uh, well he's not, I made her new husband pretty jealous I bet. Most he knows that he's got to compete with Leroy, which is not really a competition. But no, goodness, he. I would like. I would like to say Leroy Butler was incredibly pleasant in all of the times that we met him. He was very nice. He hung out. He signed stuff. Mm-hmm. He may or may not have accepted like less money than his. He was asking for his book through a mistake, uh, a money handling mistake between Packers Kyle and Packers Dan. So Leroy, we may or may not owe you ten bucks. Hence, George Webb. Yeah. yeah, free on yeah. Anyway, so you might think that's the end of our Leroy Butler story. It goes on. <laughs> you might wish that was the end of our Leroy Butler story. It's <laughs> not. Uh, something mind-boggling happened that night uh, at the at the reception before the wedding of Packers Carol. Uh, we were all just gathered around, um, and I I had used uh, the social media service Twitter to uh, tweet. The picture of Leroy Butler and all of us, our friends hanging there, all of us looking over the moon as we embrace Leroy and think about the ways we're going to prepare those recipes. And I was, you know, absentmindedly looking at my phone and drinking a brandy old-fashioned. And I saw that I had several notifications on Twitter. And I checked, and lo and behold, Leroy Butler had favorited my tweet, retweeted my tweet... And then we had a series of exchanges. He replied. He replied. That's the trifecta. The and favorite, the fave, the like, the retweet. The fave he the followed like me. Oh! <laughs> he followed me, for God's sakes. He follows me on Twitter. He knows the things I say online. This is <laughs> the closest I have ever been to being friends with a Packer. Well, I, I think that you are friends. It's amazing. If he follows you... You become friends. He's a friend of the pod. I consider him a friend. Possibly my best friend. Possibly my best friend. So yeah, Leroy, just again, if you're listening, I want to thank you. season can be a sad and confusing time and not just because people look at you funny at the park in april when you're wearing a johnny jolly jersey covered in dorito dust (laughs) to be clear you're not but you know anyway um you know you're right kyle it's a time of year that comes with both joy and pain it's a time when you get to laugh because the bears have 
like drafted four tight ends or done some other incredibly idiotic thing. Traded like, four draft picks to move up one spot to draft a quarterback who's probably not even that good. Or, and when as a former version of himself tweeted uh, <laughs> nice things about the Packers. He tweeted a lot of other things too. I'll let you do your own self discovery. Let me just put a real fine point on this. The Bears are a terrible football team and they're especially bad at drafting. Uh, and that was evidenced this year by the fact that they drafted like guys from colleges that I think are made up. Yeah. Like I seriously don't think those guys went to college. I think they just showed up at the combine with like a piece of paper that said like Schlerpensburg State and uh, you know ran the forty time and the Bears decided to draft him. Like he looked good in pads, so they took him and yeah. that's, that was that. So that's funny, obviously. It's wonderful when the Bears, you know, are hoist on their own petard. But the sad part, the sad sort of flip side of that coin is that you have to say goodbye to some of your favorite Packers every year. I mean, I love Ted Thompson, but Ted is a merciless master. He will let you go uh, if you do not, you know, if he doesn't feel that you fit his vision going forward. And that leads to some very sad things sometimes. Yeah, you know, I mean, with laughter comes tears. Yin comes with yang. With touchdowns come interceptions. With Brett Favre comes terrible flatulence. It's one, you know, they come together. <laughs> so we lost a lot of players we're really going to miss this year. Um, I, for one, love TJ Lane. I thought he was great. He was a cool party animal. I saw his wife one time at training camp. They had a kid. They, he seemed like a fun guy. I love Julius Peppers. He was always a great guy. He played a lot of great football, and he was also just a chill dude. Same deal for Sam Shields. We're going to miss him. He made a lot yeah. of great tackles. He was a hard hitter. There was a lot of stuff to like about Sam Shields. Um, but I think the one that hurts the most is one of my very favorite Packers, number 27, Eddie Lacy. He was such a good guy. My dad has his jersey. He wore it around Pittsburgh once when we went there to get on a trip together. Eddie Lacy's one of my favorite players, and it bummed me out so much uh, to see this week he tweeted, a reporter for the Journal Sentinel, Jason Wilde, is it Wilde or Wild? I have no I don't know. Idea. I'm sure he'll email us. I don't really follow other Packers journalists. I try to do all yeah. my journalism on my own about the Packers. Well, and I only saw it because Eddie had retweeted it with the addition. So, Will, <laughs> uh, this reporter says he doesn't understand why so many people dislike Eddie Lacy. He had uh, he was Rookie of the Year. He had a multiple 1,100-yard rushing seasons. He was a great Packer, one of the better running backs the Packers have ever had. And Eddie took that tweet and added on top of it, if you ever find out the answer to this, let me know. And it just broke my heart to hear that he doesn't feel loved by us. Because he's, I think he's the greatest. I'll always remember after that tragic loss to the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game, when they blew that big lead and it went to overtime, I'll always remember he tweeted out, a screenshot of a text from his mom that was like the sweetest text. Yeah, he's obviously a really good dude. The, you know, the sad answer is probably, you know, something that rhymes with lacism, uh, <laughs> if I had to guess, would probably be the explanation for why people don't like Eddie Lacy. But Eddie Lacy, if you're listening to this, and I'm confident that you are, um, out in Seattle in your new home, um, I just want you to know that Packers Dan loves you and Packers Kyle loves you. You were one of our favorite ever Packers, and we are not with all those stupid people who thought that you were, you know, 
not good enough somehow because you were good enough for us. You were great. That said, I want you to lose all of your games from now on. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean... It's a bummer. We have to play, play against him first game of the season. He's got to come back to Lambeau. I'm sure that'll be hard for us. It'll be harder for him because he's going to have to lose the game on top of this emotional experience. But Yeah, I better get ready for that one. I might want to, <laughs> I might want to lay, in a, lay in a large supply of high life and Kleenex just yeah. to sort of deal with the emotions yeah. that are going to be coming upon me as that is happening. Mm-hmm. So, thank you to all the Packers that we lost this year. You were the best. We'll see you at Lambo. 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 spiritually cleansing for me to get this off my chest. Oh, I'm glad. Um, you know, when I'm experiencing a loss, I often turn to poetry for solace. Um, you know, for example, there's this one from the great Scottish poet and very early Packers fan Robert Herrick, who wrote, Gather ye touchdowns while ye may, old time is still a-flying, and this same Packer that rules today, tomorrow will be on the Vikings. Oof. Really incredible. Uh, or there's also this one that I, I turn to pretty frequently. It's from the great 18th century German poet by the name of Poison. Um, he wrote, Every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn, just like every Bears fan sings a sad, sad song, because being a Bears fan is dumb and wrong. <laughs> I didn't know poetry could speak to me so well. Wow. Man, Poison was really a great 18th century hero. Nailed it. <laughs> of new players to the Packers this year. Wow, this is just really, really exciting. And not least not least of the reasons it's exciting is because we have to make up a bunch of new nicknames uh, for these brand new Green Bay Packers. Yep. Um, who should we start with, Cal? Well, why don't we start with uh, their first draft pick, which was actually a second-round pick. Uh, they traded back rather than drafting T.J. Watt or whatever, and they drafted a guy named Kevin King. From Washington, he plays cornerback. He's big and fast, and looks to be good as hell at football. Do you think he can run faster backwards than you can run forward? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. We should get him to come here and display that. But yeah. anyway, so Kevin King King is a good name with a lot of potential for nicknames. Um, Here's just king. a couple. You ready? Yep. The king of football. The king of beers. The king of 
fight queens. <laughs> Kevin King. To- sorry, hold on, I messed that one up. I want to get. I want to really warm up on this one. Kevin King touchdown. <laughs> that one still doesn't make sense to me. Look, like I get King Tut, but this is such a stretch. <laughs> I admit it doesn't make sense, but I'm a big fan of it anyway. And this one, which I'm really proud of, the High Point Drifter. It's a Beastie Boys reference. It's, it's pretty good. It's, That's it's, pretty good. Right, I, go. It doesn't have his name in it though. It's kind of. <laughs> So the second pick that they had was a safety, Josh Jones, who also looks to be good as hell at football. He's He seems to be uh, the replacement for the Micah Hyde role, except he's faster and probably better than Micah Hyde now that Micah Hyde is not on the Packers. True. Um, Josh Jones is also ripe for nicknaming. Uh, you said this earlier and I'm going to steal it and take credit as my own. But so, you know, the basketball Jones, well, he's the football Jones. Yeah, that's a really good one. How about the Josh Jonestown Massacre as a possible name? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit frightening, but also he, that's the same fear that he's striking in opponents is just what I'm experiencing when I say that. Uh, there's a second guy named Jones who the Packers drafted in a later round, so let's just say all the same nicknames apply to that guy, too. <laughs> so, sorry, other guy. We already came up with these nicknames for Josh Jones. You'll get one of them. You'll get a good one, I promise. Yeah. Uh, then also, another exciting... So the third person they drafted... No, the fourth person they drafted. They drafted him, suffice to say. Yeah. Uh, he They acquired the pick, so instead of drafting T.J. Watt or whomever else Ted wanted in the first round, traded out, got Kevin King in the second round, and one more pick. And with that pick, he drafted T.J. Watt's teammate, Vince Beagle, who played linebacker directly next to T.J. Watt and probably is the only reason T.J. Watt was good. Ooh, hot take. Nice. Hot take. Uh, I, I say that without actually knowing what I'm talking about on Badger football, but, I mean, one of them's on the Packers now and one isn't, so you tell me who's better. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Vince Beagle is a, a... It's one of those weird names that I feel like you can kind of hit one of those weird names that like you could kind of there's got to be something out there but you got to search a little bit harder for it um like vince lumbeagle is not quite right but how about f-16 screaming beagle <laughs> <laughs> there's a dog beagle too right that's true but so well, i mean that doesn't mean anything if you just spell it differently but i'm into it hold on i'm trying to think of some more eagle puns uh where beagles dare. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's really nice, Kyle. Yeah. I like where your head's at with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here's a breakfast-themed one. Uh, how about everything beagle with cream cheese? I like that one. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of my favorite breakfast items. Mm-hmm. If I owned like a uh, like a bagel shop next to Lambeau Field, I would be putting that on the menu right now. So outside of just the draft, even, we added a couple of really cool players. Um, Martellus Bennett is a tight end that I've liked for a long time. He's a very chill dude with a bunch of really funny ideas. I don't know, just a really smart and funny guy who also happens to be good as hell at football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had another tight end that added Lance Kendricks, who's a sweet guy, uh, who's a Wisconsin Badger product, I believe. Mm-hmm. He'll be joining the Everything Beagle with Cream Cheese Uh 
on the team. Uh, and then they also picked up a gentleman by the name of Ricky Jean Francois, which is a name, I mean, that he does not need a nickname because that is just too much fun to say. Yeah. Um, and he also happens to be the owner of 25 Dunkin' Donuts franchi- franchises. That's crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Kyle just invented a new super useful word. Yeah, in crazy. It's like it's like incredible and it's like crazy, but it's if they're both one. Yeah. It's like the concept of being a professional football player but also owning twenty five Dunkin' Donuts franchises. Exactly. Which is like at least one third as many donut shops as there are in Green Bay already. So you know. Um, here's to hoping that Ricky Jean Francois can open a Dunkin' Donuts in like Appleton or Fond du Lac or Waupun or Wausau or something like that this year. Cause I'm sure he's going to come to love the area. We're going to love having him. Um, and it's just really nice to know that there's a Dunkin' Donuts magnate, um, yeah. in the area at, uh, at, uh, at Lambeau these days. It's exciting to me. 